and welcome back to the official review. I'm Mitchell Graham. And I'm Zach Brown. And boy, oh boy, do we have a loaded show for you today. I'm excited to talk about everything today. We've got a lot on the docket, a lot to talk about. Uh, anywhere from the NFL draft to NIL deals to early MLB um, stuff going on in that realm. We've got an NBA playoffs to talk about, but we always got to start off with some softball talk. Last night, <clears throat> feel like we had a good grip on potentially keeping that game close until the end. Um, I don't know how you feel about it. Obviously, we are now one in seven on the year. Yeah. Last night it was close. Um, and then we just had some ink, um, some very unfortunate hits of placements right to people in the outfield really kind of ruined our momentum. We're uh, the unlike we're the unluckiest team like no, in the league. I, I can, I can agree with that. I can agree with that. And like, okay. I, like, not, I mean, we're not good. No, we're not good, but we're also very unlucky. And that's a bad combination because like, we would hit the same balls that they would and it would just fall their way. But then for us, we would just be an inch short, you know, that diving catch that wasn't for us Mm -hmm. that didn't go our way. And look, and I'm not, I'm not going to name names, but we had a couple of mistakes with like, I, I don't, my biggest thing last night was spacing in the outfield. A lot of hard hit balls made it to the fence that shouldn't have made it to the fence. And we had a lot of overplays. And I was sitting at catcher, but I'm, I'm not. No, I'm, I'm not blaming that on you. I'm not blaming that on you. And I'm just I'm just kidding. Um, that probably I that do what I can with the people I, that show up. No, 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 no. I got you. I like playing catcher, even though I know what Johnny's talking about now, dude. I'm sore as crap. Yeah. Like my thighs. Yeah. Are, are sore. I guess that you were a catcher for what, 10 years? Most of my baseball career, I was a catcher. Did you have, did you, were you sore? No, mainly because I was used to it. And then secondly, usually when you're catching, you kind of dig a hole in the backstop mm-hmm. to kind of give your feet more like leverage. But the, the, the backstop is like completely flat and you don't have, you know, so it's going to hurt your legs a it's lot doing more. A squat. Yeah. yeah. You're basically doing a squat instead of sitting in a hole. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's it's harder. Yeah, no, for sure. Next week, double header, a late double header, eight o'clock and nine o'clock. Not not yes, not sir. excited about that. Last two but, games of the year. Yeah, yeah, last two games of the year. Um, we will keep you guys updated. But we've been talking about softball for three minutes. We have way too much to talk about to talk about softball for three minutes. So <laughs> I think uh, cousin clash uh, this week was your choice, but we decided to keep with the same route as we did last week. This week, not as specific on categories, but we still are doing general trivia, correct? Yes, that's correct. Trivia. Um, I kind of went the same route as last week, um, but we're doing three points for a non-multiple choice correct answer and one point for a multiple choice correct answer. Did you get four multiple choice per question? Yes, I gave four. Okay, so did I. You won last week. What is the score? I did not win last week. Why did I win last week? You destroyed me last week. So then I think it's nine to four, I think nine to four. And, uh, and here's the thing. Here's the thing. We got to make the scores mean something right now. We don't want to just do cousin clash and keep score for no reason. So oh gosh, if you're listening to this show, here's what I propose. Whoever is winning by week one of college football season. 
whoever is winning by a week, that's like 18 weeks. Okay. Oh There's 18 gosh. weeks until whoever is winning, um, they'll win the competition. And I want the listeners to come up with a punishment for the loser, some kind See, of punishment for the loser. That's not a bad idea because at that point, our competition is going to be weekly college football picks. Yeah. And NFL picks and stuff. Yeah. Like that's that, why so. I wanted to do it. Yeah. It'll end the first week of college football. That's, that's, that's like, beautiful. we have like 18 weeks. That's beautiful. So I, you still like, have plenty of time to catch Plenty of time for a comeback. Yeah. Um, especially if we do general trivia, because last week was just embarrassing for me. And I ended up asking you a question off the same website you looked on. It, it just was a, <laughs> yeah. it, it was, it was a little bit of a hodgepodge, but we're learning. So you won last week, Zach, you asked the All first right. question. Let's get to it, baby. Okay. So um, I don't have any repeating sports on here. Okay. Um, and again, same rules. If you get it without the multiple choice, you get three. If you have to have the multiple choice, you only get one. Sounds Which great. Chicago Bears running back was nicknamed the Galloping Ghost? Um, I can really only think of two Chicago Bears running backs off the top of my head. Um, I'm going to go Matt Forte. That is incorrect. Okay. Your choices are Jim Brown. Walter Payton, Harold Grange, or Gail Sayers? I don't think Walker, uh, Walter Payton was named that. So I'm going to go for one point, Gail Sayers. That is incorrect. The correct answer is Harold Grange. Who, who, who? Did don't, I don't even know. Did he I play in the 30s? Something like that, 30s oh or 40s. Gosh, okay, well. Here we go, then. I mean, I thought I was going to be the literally one I went be, to a general yeah. trivia website and got these questions. I so. can believe it. I yeah. can believe it. This is a college football question. OK. The longest field goal kicked in college football history was kicked by O.V. Johansson while playing for Abilene Christian. How long was the kick? I'm going to go with 61 yards. That is incorrect. Your guesses. This is you helped yourself out. Okay. Your guesses are 65 yards, 66 yards, 61 yards, or 69 yards. I'm going to go with 66 yards. That is incorrect. It's 69 yard field. Oh my goal goodness. Was by O.V. Johansson for Abilene Christian. What year was that? Back in like the 20s. Oh my God. That was a freak of nature. <laughs> O.V. Johansson, remember the name. Wow, that's crazy. There you go. So, All right, 0-0. Zero, zero. Yeah. All right, which major league pitcher holds the record for most complete games in a career? Most complete games, so a warrior. So a, a guy that has a – who didn't play for Dave Roberts. Um, <laughs> um, come on, that was good. Um, that was a good one. That was a good one. Um, most complete games of all time. I'm just going to throw a name out there. Um, give me – Pedro Martinez. That's not correct. Your okay. choices are Roy Holiday, Nolan Ryan, Don Sutton, or Cy Young. Okay. Um, I'm going to go Roy Holiday. God rest his soul. That's not correct. The is correct answer Cy is Cy Young. Ah, Cy it. Young. I wanted to pay some respects, you know? Hey, Roy Halladay was a fantastic pitcher, but the Braves always got to him. So that's why I like like, him. He threw like the only perfect game in postseason history, right? 
Uh, he did something special yeah, like that. He was, he, was, he was good. Yeah. He was a good pitcher. NFL, which team has lost at least four Super Bowls, the most of all time? The Buffalo Bills. They lost four in a row. That's incorrect, according to this website. So the phraseology might have been wrong. Okay. But this team did lose more than four. Okay, then give me my choices. Patriots, Broncos, Packers, Bills. Patriots, Broncos, Packers, Bills. I mean, they the only way that that answer is not correct is if they're including the AFL. Because the Packers have not lost four. The Patriots have not lost four. Um, The Broncos, I don't even know if they've even been to four. They probably have, but they haven't lost four. Yeah, the Bills has to be the right answer. Uh, The website that I had said the Broncos. Hold on, let me let me see. We're doing some we're doing some on-site investigation here. How many Super Bowl losses do the Broncos have? The Denver Broncos and Patriots eat, have each lost a record five Super Bowls. Oh, okay. So I, I'm I'm wrong. I'm wrong. There you go. The Broncos have lost five. They're three and five in Super well, Bowls. I put the Patriots too, so I guess the Patriots have also lost five. I so. guess that was a good question. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, there you go. It's fun I'm fact. Sorry for, the, sorry for the confusion. But. Fun fact: the Denver Broncos are the only team to never have a number one overall pick in the NFL draft. That just means they've been that dang good. Yeah. Okay. Zero zero. Still, third question: Who is the only person in NBA history to be named? MVP, Coach of the Year, and Executive of the Year. Larry Bird. That is correct. That's three points. Bang, baby. Come on. That's correct. MVP for the Celtics, Coach of the Year with the Pacers, and Executive of the Year with the Pacers. There you go. I don't, I don't know if that's correct. Oh, that's dang, come on. Is. I thought you had that loaded up. <laughs> I don't know if that's correct, but yeah. Um, okay. Who won the 2011 Cy Young Award? 2011. Hmm. That's hard to believe that was 11 years ago. Um, um, I'm going to say... I'm thinking somebody that was on that Phillies pitching staff. I'm going to say. <sighs> Cole Hamels. That is incorrect. Okay. Your choices. Ian Kennedy. Cliff Lee. Clayton Kershaw or Roy Halladay. It's Cliff Lee. That is incorrect. It was Clayton. No. It was Clayton Kershaw. Oh, my gosh. The obvious. No. I could have swore it was somebody on that Phillies pitching staff. But anyways, I've only got two questions to catch up. All right. This one you might get to. What is the PGA record for the highest score on a par four? I'll give you a bonus point if you can tell me who it was. Um, it, was an, it was a 16 by Kevin Nah. 
That is 100% correct. Dude, give me something. <laughs> you got the bonus point, too. You have seven. Oh, my gosh. I'll give you another bonus point if you can tell me where it happened. Um, it happened at um, Sawgrass, right? TPC Sawgrass? That's not correct. When did it, where did it happen? It was the one in Texas. Was it called like the Texas Open or something? Was it Valero? The Valero Texas Open? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's where it happened. That's not a course. That's a tournament. Well, whatever. And then you may, you may have gotten the course right then. I don't know. That's just what no, the answer no, showed me. No, no, no. TPC Sawgrass is in Pointe Vidra, Florida. So, but Yeah, that's correct. Um, the highest score on a par four since they've kept individual hole scores, um, which... There may have been a higher score before then, but yeah. it's not recorded. So, dude, I get seven. Or do I get four. For you have that? seven now. You have seven. Yep. Ooh, I, that's sorry. That look, golf's my thing, man. Come on, I remember. I've watched so many videos about that. Okay, anyway, which player NBA almost quit basketball to become a garbage man, but went on to win three NBA championships and MVPs? I don't have any chance of winning here, but if you guess this a hundred percent correct, I will give you six points. Oh, you don't need to do that. I have two questions. I will give you, um, I'll give you four. I'm not going to get it anyway. Um, three NBA championships and three MVPs. Yes. Almost quit to become a garbage man. Um, I'm going to say Steve Nash. That's not correct. Steve Nash has won three MVPs and three. I don't know how many he's won. I have no clue. Your options are Larry Bird, Bill Russell, Oscar Robertson, or Julius Irving. I don't know. Oscar Robertson sounds right. This is funny. It's Larry Bird. We both had a question with Larry Bird as wow. the answer. There wow. you go. So Larry Bird has a, had a very eventful career. Um, one of the one of the more slept on players of all time. Not not talked about enough when you talk about the goat uh, goat status. But anyways, that eliminated you if it, uh, initially, yeah. uh, officially. But um, let's 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 get on the last two questions. I like my right. last question. Which country won the first ever World Cup in 1930? You're in your bag for this one, huh? Um, Italy. That's not correct. Your, okay. your choices are Uruguay, Brazil, Argentina, or Switzerland. Oh, oof, I was in the wrong region. Okay. Really, if you think about it, Italy was not a good answer when you think historically. Um, I'm going to go Brazil. That's incorrect. The was correct it? answer was Uruguay. Uruguay. Okay. Wow. Well, that's a, there you go. Respect. That was a good question. You might get this one. You might get this one off the rip. In 1996, golf sensation and the best athlete of all time, in my opinion, Tiger Woods, left which university to turn pro? I have no idea. Um, He left a university. This is where he played. This is where he won the U.S. Amateur as a... 19 year old the u.s open amateur he won it and then he left to go to, to go pro 
I don't know, University of Florida. I have no clue where he went to school. He's a West Coast kid. I'll, I'll give you another guess. He's a West Coast kid. Um, then I'll go with UCLA. That is incorrect. Your four guesses. Princeton. Wake for oh, I give this away. Golly. Princeton, Wake Forest, UCLA, or Stanford? Stanford. That is correct. That is correct. Okay. That was the West Coast. Tiger Woods seems like a Stanford kid. He was smart as heck. Smart yeah, as heck. He seems like a Stanford really, kid. Really, really good. It makes sense when you hear it, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. So, all right, nine to five. Nine to five. Nine to five, baby. catching back up. What a win today, dude. Uh, that's probably my best moment on the pod right there. Is the Kevin Naw? Is the Kevin Naw question? Um, that's you know what I mean. <laughs> I guarantee you we could beat that. More than a sixteen on a par four. Uh, yeah, yeah. We usually <laughs> just take a couple drops. So I mean, okay. <laughs> free drops. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and let's let's do let's get into the meat of this. Um, I think you want to start where college football realm. Yeah. Let's so go. Let's, let's do. It, let's man. start off with Jordan Addison. Um, okay. I'm sure you're familiar with who Jordan Addison is. Yeah, and if you, yeah, if, yeah. if you listeners follow college football, you know who Jordan Addison is. He was a star wide receiver at Pitt last year. Um, he has officially, as of, I think a couple hours ago, he officially yeah. entered his name into the portal. Um, and there's a lot of controversy surrounding him because he is apparently in a bidding war with several teams yep. with USC being the favorite. Um, it is rumored that USC is offering him $3 million to come play. For them, um, I, I think Alabama was in that in that rumor mill. I've I've even heard Georgia was in the was Miami's in making war. a push as well. Miami, a lot of schools are are in a bidding war. And then uh, Pitt's head coach Pat Narduzzi uh, made a phone call to Lincoln Riley and basically chewed him out and said, "You know, you have no right to reach out to a player that has not entered the portal yet. You have that's that's tampering. That's that's wrong." Yes. Um, you're messing up our team. You, like you, you shouldn't be doing that. And I agree with him. I mean, the kid has not entered the portal yet, so it should technically be illegal to contact him. You should not be contacting anybody that has not entered their name in the portal. Um, if those rumors are true, I don't know how substantiated those are. I don't know what evidence there is. It wouldn't surprise me if that's true, but that kind of, um, leads into the next thing what kind of regulations need to be placed on nil and transfer portal this 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 to me is exactly the opposite of what we wanted when we got the when we got nil and when we got this open transfer portal and all that because this is essentially college football free agency and but like like to be honest with you you in the nba you can't while a team while a guy is on the one team be like, hey, we'll do this and this if you come to this team. You'll get fined for tampering. Yeah. So why why do we expect why are we gonna think this can happen in college football? Which it very clearly is in this situation. Even if it comes out that he didn't, he did. Lincoln Riley just trying to get Jordan Addison just so he can be thrown to by a subpar quarterback in Jackson Dart, who left the team. He's not even Jackson. Caleb Williams. What am I talking Caleb about? Williams. Caleb, Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams. And so I I forget it's the West Coast OU now over at Oklahoma. Um, yeah. But to me, this is this is really bad. This is a this is how you lose control of college football because there's going to be studs at places like Pitt. Pitt is a 
And Pitt's not even a lower tier team. Pitt is a, I would say. They've been to the ACC title game two years in a row. Yeah, I would say they're a mid, mid-level team. They had a legit, yeah. they had a, they had a betting odd to make the playoff last year. That's better than some teams in the ACC. Yeah. And to me, the fact that they are going to lose their best player, Jordan Addison's their best player. Literally no one comes close to him, especially after losing Pickett. There's, there's, it's, it's, this is scary because it's going to happen like this and it's going to be ran by four teams. Of course, look, Georgia very well could do this as well. I wouldn't support it. I would be happy. We got a good player, but I would not support it. And I think if you want to talk about NIL regulations, it goes beyond trying to go and poach a player off a team. That's bad. But I really think we need a cap, a salary cap, an NIL salary cap. And I know it sounds stupid because this just happened, but there's got to be a collective bargaining agreement. But on the other hand, how do you regulate one thing when you don't have a college football commissioner? Exactly. How do you regulate one thing over the NCAA when you don't have a commissioner? Yeah. With the president of of the NCAA announcing he's stepping down um, in January of next year. Yeah. We could see those changes come because there's apparently lots of talks of some major changes coming to NCAA once he steps down. So we could see something like that. I I agree with you. I think there's got to be some kind of cap on NIL. I, I, I think Desmond Howard has been catching a lot of flack for what he said on draft night, but I totally agree with what Desmond Howard said. Yep. He said, I hate where the, where college football is going. And Desmond Howard was, was the guy that was, he was banging the table saying we need to let players make money off their name, image and likeness. And he's saying, I'm not, I'm not reneging on that. I'm not going back on my, on my word on that. I still think they should because coaches can do it. You know, other people can do it. Why can't the players, but it's gotten out of control. It's way out of hand. And he said, really the, the blame is not on the players. And the blame is not even on the college football teams. The blame is on the NCAA for sitting on their hands for so long and not doing anything about this. And then all of a sudden one day saying, okay, let's just open the floodgates. We're putting it in your lap, do whatever you want with it and go crazy. Like that was the mistake that was made. So that the blame needs to be placed on the NCAA because number one, NIL should have been passed like 10 years ago. Yep. So there should already be regulations on it. But it's their own fault for not even not recreating a plan. They just said, okay, you know what? You can make money. That's it. There's no plan. There's no rules. There's no regulation. It's going to be the Wild West out here. You can do whatever you want. And I agree. There has to be some kind of cap because then you're going to have these mid-majors that are never going to be able to outbid anybody. They're never going to be able to outbid Georgia, Alabama, USC, Texas, Texas A&M, Ohio State. They're never going to be able to outbid those schools. And they're just going to become irrelevant. And college football is going to basically become a miniature NFL with like maybe eight or 10 teams that are relevant. And that's boring. We don't, we don't want that. Of course, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't mind if Georgia won the national championship every year, but for college football as a whole, that's bad. That's not a good thing. Um, So we, we have to have some kind of reg. And then the transfer portal, I think the transfer portal is fine. I think it's going to regulate, it's going to correct itself. You know, there's not really much else you can do to the transfer portal other than say, okay, if you transfer more than once, then you're going to have to sit out, which they are enforcing that. So the transfer portal, I don't have as much of an issue with as much as I do NIL. 
And, and the other, the other issue I had with NIL is it was created so that players that are already on a football team can benefit from their talents. It was never meant and it was never created to be used as a recruiting tool, but that is what it is being used as a recruiting tool. And I had somebody argue with me on social media and say, well, it's the same thing with training facilities. Training facilities aren't, are, were meant to be used by the players, not, a, not as a recruiting tool, but yet they are used as a recruiting tool. Yes, but who gets to utilize the facilities? The players that are on the team, not the recruits. The recruits don't get to use that facility until they get there. And so you can do the same thing with NIL. You can say, okay, you have the potential to make some NIL money if you come here you can't use it as recruiting and say, Hey, we'll give you $3 million. If you come here, like people are signing four year contracts. Um, there's a rumor. There's a rumor right now. There's a quarterback in the transfer portal. I don't know if they released his name or not. He says he will not take anything less than $10,000 a month to go somewhere and play. It's like, what are we doing? Yeah. Like, I, I don't, I don't mind players making money off their name, image and likeness because college football makes a ton of money. And they have the right to, to, you know, benefit off, benefit off of that. But we need to understand what NIL was created for. It was created for the guy that's a superstar wide receiver. He's a junior in college and he needs to make a little bit of money so that he's not having to, you know, ask his buddy for a cheeseburger, ask his buddy for yeah. some money to get a cheeseburger, you know, and even having extra money for him to spend and, and enjoy what he wants to enjoy and things like that. I don't mind that. But when it becomes just all about recruiting and we'll pay you $20 million to come play. Okay. First off, what is an 18 year old kid going to do with $20 million? You really Same think there thing. was, you really think 18 year olds are responsible enough to handle that kind of money? The same no, thing a 19 year old in the NBA is going to do with $20 million. But in the NBA, they have infrastructure in place where they kind of help the rookies manage their finances. They're not going to do that in the NCAA. Yep. And you've got places like Tennessee that just paid $8 million to get that quarterback from California. You've got USC who apparently is about to pay $3 million to Jordan Addison. It's just getting way out of control. There has to be some kind of regulation on it or college football, as we know, it will die. It will die. Yep. Um, so it just, it has, there has to be something done about this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right, so let's move on to the NFL. Um, let's do some draft recap. Um, we recap the, uh, the, the, NF, the NFL draft just finished last week. And I want to know, first off, what are your initial thoughts of the NFL draft? I think it was a very weird draft. And, yeah, we'll get into it, um, how, like, the draft kind of unfolded. But it was weird. It, like, it felt we had a run. We saw the changing of a guard, and we talked about this. We saw a huge premium being put on wide receivers. And we saw wide receivers flying off the board. We saw quarterbacks not being valued in a very low-value quarterback draft. We saw quarterbacks go, certain quarterbacks go earlier than we thought. Um, it was the first year we really didn't have, a, there was a, wasn't a number one guy. Um, and we had one college dominate the draft. So I think it was a very good draft. It was a yeah. deep draft, but it was a draft where some people slipped that you didn't think would slip. Some people got taken way higher and I'll get into that with my loser for the draft. than they probably yeah. should have been taken. 
it was weird. It was weird. It was a weird draft. Yeah, I felt like it was interesting. I only watched day one. Um, I didn't really pay attention to day two and three, but um, it, it was an interesting draft, especially Trayvon Walker. He was only number one on the Jags board. He apparently was not number one on anybody else's board. But I mean, he's, you know, and Jacksonville is not the place that typically is very good at developing players. So I'm a little worried for Trayvon Walker, not because I don't think he's talented enough to be a success, but because he's going into a situation to a coaching staff that does not have a good reputation with developing young players. Um, so let's jump right into our winners and losers. My, my, I'm going to name three winners that I have and and we may overlap. We're probably going to overlap. Uh, my three winners are the Philadelphia Eagles, the New York jets and the, uh, the Baltimore Ravens. I think those are my three winners. They all had fantastic drafts. Eagles not only drafted well, they traded for their wide receiver one. They needed somebody across from Devontae Smith. They have faith in Jalen Hurts, which I think is warranted. Jalen Hurts is not terrible. He's he's a good, he's a serviceable quarterback that I think can win them some games. And they have another weapon there. They they bolstered the defense with Nicobe Dean with an absolute steal in the third round. Yeah. Jordan Davis with their first pick. And then, you know, I, I think Howie as much as it kills me to say it, the Eagles had a great draft. No, the, Eagles draft. Are, the Eagles are scary. Um, yeah. The Eagles are looking, I mean, I think they come out next season as the favorites in the division. I do too. I think the Eagles will probably win the division next year. With a, because, like, In an NFC that is low, like kind of down, I yeah. feel like the Eagles could win 10 or 11 games. Yeah. And then my second winner, the Jets, they drafted – fantastic i mean they they got some absolute steals they hit a home run on every single pick they made at least in the first round they they hit a home run every pick they made in in then even getting Brees hall in the second round fantastic i think that was a great great pickup for them what worries me about the jets is it's the jets you have a subpar quarterback and then you have an unproven head coach he's probably the worst coach in that division so even though they're going to have a talented roster, I don't think they're even going to come close to winning or competing in that division yet until they yep. can get a more proven head coach and a better quarterback there. Um, and then the Ravens, they, they, they knocked it out of the park. I mean, getting Kyle Hamilton is, I, I was surprised he fell that far. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going to help them day one. And then Tyler Linderbaum, he was my favorite uh, offensive lineman in this draft. I felt like he was going to be a home run no matter where he landed. I think that was a fantastic pick. And even their day two and day three picks were very good as well. I mean, I'm a little concerned with them giving up their yes. only weapon. Yes. Um, so they're going to be a little rough on offense probably this year. Um, they're going to be very run heavy. They're not going to be able to pass the ball very much. Um, no. But I feel like they had a really good draft. So l- l- tell me your winners. Who are your winners in this draft? Um, I, I have a couple winners. Uh, my first winner is the University of Georgia. Hey, um, 15 players drafted most ever in the common draft era since it's been seven rounds, uh, 15 players taken, even guys like, um, I mean, Darion Kendrick was taken late. John Fitzpatrick got drafted. Yeah. Um, and in it's not going to stop. It's not going to stop because I know we're going to look at mock drafts and I was looking at different mock drafts and you were looking at the show notes, but I'm seeing guys like Jalen Carter, super high guys like Eric Gilbert, really high in next year's draft. 
So it's yeah. not going to stop for Georgia. This was this was literally the Kirby Smart's dream is seeing 15 players go in the uh, in the whole draft. What like five or six in the first six all on defense in the first five round. in the first round five five yeah. in the first round in one unit never been never happened before. Great great stuff. Um, a lot of my winners were uh, pretty much the same as you. I love what the Jets did. I think Sauce Gardner was a great pick. Um, Garrett Wilson, tremendous. And then my last winner, I'll give the Atlanta Falcons their flowers. I, I think if I, I was critical of their first round pick, Drake London, because I think I thought that defense, because I didn't know what they were going to do in the later round. Um, Ekbedi was a, was a great pick. I'm looking at his tape, looking at his, his credit, like what he's done, his size. He's going to be a day one starter on the edge. We just re-signed Grady Jarrett. We have AJ Terrell. We've got, um, we signed, who, who do we sign at corner? Casey Hayward. We signed Casey Hayward. Um, and we drafted this, uh, we drafted Drake Anderson, which everyone was like, why didn't you take N'Kobe Dean? Why didn't you take um, Christian Harris or something like, or an SEC guy? And I was even like saying that at first, I think they knocked it out of the park and then they drafted Desmond Ritter and hear me out. I'm not a huge Desmond Ritter fan, but he fits the scheme that Arthur Smith wants to run. He fits what Arthur Smith wants to do. And he's a bigger Marcus Mariota. I, I've my, my issue with the Drake London pick is his tape is not impressive at all. He gets no separation and that's everything in the, in the league. He was very good with contested catches, but when you have a guy that all of his highlights are contested catches, that's usually doesn't translate to the NFL because while you may be able to make fantastic catches in college, you're going to be facing better corners. If you can't get separation, which is everything in those in this league, yeah, that that's that spells trouble. Now mm-hmm. it could work out for them. Um, so you know, I don't think they had a terrible draft. They're they're not on my losers. Um I think an honorable mention for winners for me is Carolina and Arizona. Nobody's talking about their drafts, but I think they had a pretty I didn't decent. Like, I didn't like Carolina's direction. I didn't like, um, I, I think, I think they, I, you liked Ika McWanu. You liked, he thought he was the, the, best, the, tackle best, the draft, best tackle in the draft. But I don't know if he was what they needed to do at that position at six. I don't know if he was. What well, they I don't think that's who they were going for, but. I think, you know, and a lot of people are complimenting the Giants, but I think the Giants made a big mistake. I think the Giants could have gone Ike and McQuanu at five and uh, Thibodeau would have still been available at seven because the Panthers were not going with edge rusher. No, 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 not at all. So I think they dropped the ball by panicking and getting Thibodeau at five and then having to settle for Evan Neal, which Evan Neal is still a good tackle. He's still a good player. But I feel like they whiffed big time. They could have gotten the better tackle and they could have gotten their edge rusher that they needed. Mm-hmm. So I think that's Carolina's like, oh gosh, Ike McQuana just fell to us. Yeah. So we have to take him. Um, so, I agree. you know, and a lot of people thought they were going to take a quarterback, but I think this is actually good news for Carolina because it, I think it speaks, I think it says to Matt Rule, look, we can wait till next year to get a quarterback. Just do what you can with this roster. They this got year. Matt Corral though. Matt Corral's not going to start. He's not going to play. Yeah. It's going to be Sam Darnold. 
And now, Zach, I think we talked about our winners. I think we probably should talk about the losers because there were some losers in this draft. Yeah. Um, if you want to start, you might steal mine. I don't know how many losers you have. I have one loser. I have three losers as well. You have three losers. Go ahead and do three. Okay. My first loser is the New England Patriots. There you like, go. absolutely. I don't know what Bill Belichick is doing. I don't know what direct. I don't even know what direction they're going. I mean, their, their draft was so odd. Their first pick was probably the biggest reach I've ever seen. I mean, Cole strange for a lot of draft boards was a third round pick at best. Yeah. Um, and picking him number one or their with their first pick, it was just, I don't know what he's doing. My second loser is the Dallas Cowboys as much as I hate it. Yeah. As much as I hate to say it. Yep. Um, we desperately needed to trade up in this draft to get either an edge rusher, a wide receiver, or a tackle. We didn't get any one of those. We didn't even try to trade up. There's plenty of teams willing to, to deal with us and trade up, and we didn't do it. And then when it came to our pick, we were the most penalized offensive line in the league last year, and we drafted somebody who was the most penalized guard in the entire draft last season. We didn't need a guard but we drafted a guard and then he was the most penalized offensive lineman in the whole draft from Tulsa, Tyler Smith. I don't know what, what was up with that pick. Initially I was like, okay, good. We got a good offensive lineman, but the more and more I've, I've looked at tape and the more and more I've seen stats, that was not a good pick. It was hey, not a good you, pick. We had the opportunity to get Linderbaum. That's what we, I was saying. You drafted like, the wrong Tyler. I, I don't, I don't understand what we were doing. Um, so I hated that pick. I hated that pick and we did end up getting a wide receiver like third round or something. He's not going to contribute. We needed another weapon, um, to, to go along with CD and, um, and Michael Gallup, Michael Gallup's coming off an ACL tear. We don't know how good he's going to be next year. And then my third loser is the green Bay Packers. I mean, they had two decent picks in the first round but they desperately needed to go wide receiver. And when they did eventually pick a wide receiver, they picked a project wide receiver, not a guy who's I think is going to be able to contribute anytime soon. Matter of fact, out of all the wide receivers in this draft, he had the highest drop rate percentage. Yeah. He dropped 13% of his passes last year, which is not good. Not good for Aaron Rodgers, a guy that played at an FCS school against lower competition. I just think the Packers, they're going to have a good defense and they, the, the two picks they made were good, but I think they were picks that they didn't really need. They needed something more because you don't know how much time you're going to have Aaron Rodgers. You have him on a three-year deal technically, but Aaron Rodgers is not going to sit around and keep losing games. Yeah. So you have to and take advantage Quay of that. And Devonte Wyatt. Quay right? Walker and Devonte Wyatt, yeah. which again, I'll say it a third time. They were good picks, but it wasn't what the Packers needed. Yeah. Yeah. So you give me your losers. Um, well, you stole all my losers. So I'm going to go a little off the beaten path here. My loser is Ed Marinaro. I don't know who that is. The presenter for the Minnesota Vikings second round pick, <laughs> 42nd pick. He talked for four minutes before presenting the pick. It was, uh, it was, it was the craziest thing I've seen on television, to be honest with you. Um, or for the draft, the producer had to walk out and tell him to pick. And he goes, no, I'm not doing that. And he kept talking. So then he finally made the pick and it happened to be a guy I graduated with Andrew Booth 
got drafted 42nd overall. He slipped a little bit because of a sports hernia. Um, but that hey, is my, I picked, it, I picked him to go to the Vikings. You did pick them like to go the first, the first round. round. Yeah. Yes. Um, they traded out of the first round though. I'm pretty sure. Um, or they might've traded up though. They traded out of the first round. Traded out. Yep. Okay. No, no, they traded to the 32nd pick 32nd and took Lewis scene, which yes. you could argue, you could argue that honorable mention for the losers is the Vikings because they traded down to 32 to get the same position that they needed. They could have gotten Kyle Hamilton at 12, but yeah. they decided to trade to 32 and get Lewis seen. That was an odd pick. That was an odd decision to do that. Mm-hmm. If you're just going to get the same position that you already, that you had given up on. I don't know. That was, a, that was an odd decision. I didn't see that though. He was just rambling on about nothing for four minutes. Yeah. It was, what was he talking about? That he was talking about his, his, his career with the Vikings. Oh, and that's crazy. My, my, my last loser is quarterbacks. Yeah. One quarterback taken in the first round, zero taken in the second round. And the next one up was Desmond Ritter. Desmond Ritter was the second quarterback taken. We saw Malik Willis go to the Titans. I think yeah. is where he went. Corral yeah. went to the, um, to the, the Panthers. Sam Howell went to the football, uh, to commanders. The, the commanders. And I'm thinking of one more. Bailey Zappi got drafted by the Patriots in the fourth round. Yeah, another reason why the Patriots draft made no sense. Why are they drafting a quarterback? Bailey Zappi. What are they doing? Why are they drafting a quarterback? I don't, I don't know there. There's one more quarterback I'm forgetting, huh? Um, no, I think I, I mean, maybe. I, think I, I don't know. Um, Kenny Pickett. And, and Ryan, Ryan, Ryan Tannehill also said today that he, he is not going to be responsible for mentoring Malik Willis. You already don't have support from your. So here we go. And here we go with another thing like that, which we love. We love to see it. I it's, it's one of the most annoying parts about NFL quarterbacks to me. It's like not the willingness not to help out, you know? Um, But anyways, those are my two losers. We are running long right now. So, I mean, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. We're talking about a lot of stuff. Yeah. All right. Um, Let's get your reaction to some draft night trades. AJ Brown to Philly and Hollywood Brown to Arizona. Um, I love the AJ Brown to Philly. Um, I thought it was funny that Tennessee traded AJ Brown and then drafted a guy whose player comparison was AJ Brown. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they basically were like, we want an AJ Brown like player, but we don't want to pay him. And I think the Hollywood Brown trade was a little questionable to me because we've already talked about it. Now it kind of puts their number one wide receiver as Rashad Bateman, uh, Devin Duvernay, Mark Andrews is obviously going to have probably the most touches on that team. I mean, sell high on or buy high on him fantasy wise. My goodness. Um, yeah. He's going to be, he's going to be their whole offense. Um, I, I liked both trades. I like it for the uh, Arizona. I almost felt like it was trying to appease Kyler Murray, trying to get him to, cause you lose, you lose yeah. Christian Kirk and, yeah. and Marquise Brown can take the Christian Kirk role in that offense. Yeah. So I, I, I like it on that front. Yeah. And I love that the Eagles got AJ Brown. Love it for Arizona. I feel like they're saying, okay, look, we play in the arguably the best division in the NFL. Mm -hmm. And every, every team in our division has really good defenses. So the only way we're going to win our division is we're just going to have to score hundred points on you. So we're going to get four viable wide receivers. Nobody has four good corners. A lot of teams have two good corners. Nobody has four good corners. Mm -hmm. So they now have D hop which he's going to miss six games now. They now have D hop, AJ green, 
Hollywood Brown and um, Rondale Moore. Yeah. And they're basically just saying, we dare you to try and stop our passing attack. So look, look out for Arizona next year. Um, you know, they, they could definitely compete to win that division. I mean, mm-hmm. they're going to score sure. a lot of points. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then just briefly, uh, because we are running a little bit long, the 2023 NFL draft preview, this is according to Fox Sports. They have predicted that the first five picks next year will all be quarterbacks, which I don't think has ever happened and I don't think is going to happen. But they predict C.J. Stroud is going to go number one overall to Houston. They predict Will Levis is going to go number two overall to the Falcons. I don't think that's going to happen. Bryce Young, number three to the Lions. Okay, Will Levis is not going to go before Bryce Young anyway. Um, yeah. And then number four, DJ Uyunglele to the Panthers. Have they even seen DJ Uyunglele play? He's not I, good. I, I He's not understand. NFL ready. And then Anthony Richardson to the Giants. AR-15 is not going to be a top five pick next year. This is the most incredible <laughs> article I've ever read. Yeah. I, I don't... There's Anthony Richardson, DJ Uyunglele are are going to be happy to be get even declare next year. Yeah. I don't think they declare. We on might lose his job next season. No, he's losing to Tyson Fomachan. A hundred percent. He's losing his job to Tyson Fomachan, which Jamie cheek would say I made the name up, but I didn't, <laughs> I did not. Tyson Fomachan's a real player. Yeah. And his name is spelled like P H O M C H A M N M H. Yeah. It, it's great. It's my favorite name. Um, but look, this is stupid. You've, when you've got guys like Will Anderson going out, you've got guys like Jalen Carter gonna, gonna declare no one is taking five straight quarterbacks in the first round, especially in a quarterback draft. That's not going to be good. Yeah. No, I'm not like, that's not even Stroud and young will probably be the two best. Will Levis. I don't know if he's going to be an NFL ready quarterback. He was, he was, he had a lot of hype going into Kentucky this year, but I wasn't really that impressed with him. I mean, yeah, I don't know. All right. Last thing NFL wise is will Baker Mayfield be traded or released before the season starts? Yes. Where do you think he's going to end up then? Because there's not really a market for him. There's not. He's going to have to be a backup somewhere. He's going to have to be the only place that I can see Baker Mayfield ending up is Seattle. Cause I don't think they want to go into the season with Tyler Locke or Drew, Drew Locke. Locke. Sorry. Tyler Drew Locke, Locke is their wide receiver. Yeah. Drew Locke or um, Geno Smith. Okay. He's the only team that I could realistically see trading for him. But if they don't want to give up the pieces, the Browns are going to have no other choice, but to release him. They're going to have to release him. And then somebody will pick him up, but you know, it's just the Baker Mayfield era in Cleveland is over. Um, and it's, it's unfortunate. Yeah. It's not, it's not unfortunate. I, I think he's overrated, but you know, no, I agree. Anyways, let's move on to the NBA, the NBA playoffs. Again, this is your segment every week. Um, two yeah. things that I want to say, and then I'll hand the rest of it off to you. Yeah. To me, Giannis looks like the MVP. He looks like he should win the MVP. I know it's a regular season award, but he has taken over. He looks like the MVP to me. And then the Sixers probably are going to lose this series to that Joel Embiid. The rest, but everything else, give your give your thoughts. And I do want to. I do want to 
note that the only pick that I got wrong was my biased pick for the first round. I said that the Hawks were going to be the heat, but obviously, but honestly in my NBA playoff bracket challenge, I picked the heat. So I won hundred percent in the first round. I do want to talk about last night, uh, Luka Doncic dropping 45, 12 and eight against the Suns and still losing. Um, and I also want to talk about just how good Jordan Poole has been. Yeah. Jordan Poole has three 30 point games in like six NBA or six playoff starts. He's become the third, the third guy, third splash brother, yeah. the third splash brother. And it's, ooh, uh, it, the Warriors are dangerous right now. The Suns looked a little bit susceptible against the Pelicans. We talked about this a little bit last week. Um, and I think they're the clear favorite. I, I think the Warriors get out of that Grizzly series in five. I think they're going to move on to uh, 2-0. They're going to, if you're listening to this Thursday night, they might even be up 3-0. Um, but I also, but I think the best series in the second round is going to be Boston, Milwaukee. The first game was scrappy. Giannis took over. But to be honest, Giannis didn't have a great shooting game. Giannis had to win with his, with his passing, with his vision. and. We will see. Um, kind of near the end of the week, we saw a lot of series end, so there's not much to talk about. Um, if we did the show later in the week, I'd have a lot of second round action to talk about. But as we speak, the Boston Milwaukee game is is game two is tipped off. So that's really all I have. Watch out for the Warriors um, and be be on the lookout for the Suns Mavs series. I think it could be a lot closer, especially if Luca keeps scoring forty, because Brunson's not going to have another bad game like that. And uh, Dinwiddie's going to come and play a little bit better than he did uh, yesterday. That's going to be a very interesting series. There you go. And then let's move on to uh, Major League Baseball. Uh, Trevor Bauer's two-year ban. Will he ever pitch again in the MLB? What do you think, Mitchell? No, because the MLB seems stubborn about this kind of stuff. Um, we've seen like like the whole P Rose stuff. They're stubborn about that. Like they're very, they're just stubborn. I don't, I don't have a lot to really expound upon that. I just don't think he's going to pitch again. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of torn because two years is a long, really it's three years because he didn't play most of last season either. So getting three years off of the game and coming back in and being anywhere, I mean, being half the player he used to be is going to be very, very hard. Um, you know, I'm not going to comment on that situation um, because, you know, it's a legal case. I don't know all the details behind it or whatever. If he truly did assault a woman or whatever, then he deserves, you know, all of that that he's getting. Um, But it's just, I feel like the MLB dragged their feet a lot with coming down on his ban. I mean, they just kept extending his suspension like four or five times and not really giving any clear answers as to what they were going to do with Trevor Bauer. I also find it extremely convenient that he has two years left on his deal with the Dodgers and they're going to ban him for two years. So the Dodgers don't have to pay him. I find that extremely convenient for the major league for major league baseball and extremely convenient for the Dodgers, but I'm not going to put on my tinfoil hat and say it's a conspiracy, but uh, wouldn't surprise me for the biggest market in the game. Yeah. Um, and then you have the Yankees and the Twins are the two hottest teams in baseball right now. Um, they are a combined 19 and one over their last 10 games for both teams. Um, 
the Yankees the are going. Sorry. The Yankees and the Twins are the two hottest yeah. teams in baseball. Yeah, uh, nineteen and one in their last ten. Uh, the Yankees have a forty-two, a plus forty-two run differential right now. Um, it seems like the Yankees. I I cannot stand the Yankees, but it seems like the roster they've been trying to build over the last couple of years with high-powered offense and good pitching seems like it's finally starting to pan out the way that they wanted it to yeah. several years ago. Now, of course, there's lots of baseball left to be played. That's still a very competitive division, mm-hmm. but to have won 10 straight in that division and, and, you know, to be playing as well as they are, that's big for the Yankees. Mm-hmm. Um, and to have a team like the Yankees good is good for baseball because it's because they're the villain, you know, you love to hate them. I love to hate the Yankees. I, I wish they would lose all the time, but in terms of ratings, it's good for them to be good. Yeah. Twins are the more surprising team. Um, you know, getting Carlos Correa was big for them, but I didn't feel like they had made enough moves to be competitive. But right now they're sitting at first place. They're nine and one over their last 10. I think they have a 25 run differential. They're playing really good baseball right now. And who says that this twins team can't be like like baseball, I feel like is is an any given day kind of thing, too. And yeah. it's not like the discrepancy between teams. Well, you look at the Pirates. The Pirates are just bad. And the right. the the, the Reds, Reds are, are terrible. Yeah, yes, um, we're about to talk about the Reds. The Reds yeah. are terrible. But I feel like the, this Twins team very well, like the Braves last year, they don't have to have the best roster. If you right. find lightning in a bottle and you learn how to play as a team, you can be a real contender. And right now the Twins are that best team in the division. Yeah. And you had a lot of good young players on that team. And we talked about that division being open though. Like we, we talked about that division being like essentially wide open and it, the white Sox have struggled early in the season. They don't look great. So the twins said, Hey, here we come. Why not? Why not the twins? Why not the twins? Hey, I like the twins. They're, they're a lovable. They're the lovable twins. They are. They are, you know, um, they've got Miguel Sano. They've got, um, they, they just got a lot of really good young players on that team mm-hmm. that are just playing good baseball. Yeah. But then on the flip side, you've got the Reds who are the worst team in baseball since their opening series with Atlanta that they split two and two, they are one in 17. Is that, they, is so that, they hold a three and 19 record and have a negative 65 run differential. Negative 65. They, they rank 30th out of 30 teams in all major pitching categories, which is ERA, whip, batting average against, and they rank 29th in all major offensive categories. This team is bad. Like, and this is what happens when you trade everybody away, when you give up on your team, when you were so close to the playoffs last year, literally two or three more pieces especially with an extra team making the playoffs this year, the Reds are in the postseason. Yeah. And they could be contending, but they, they, they traded away Suarez. They traded away Winker, Sonny Gray, all those guys. They and lost now, Castellanos. Yeah. Castellanos. They didn't resign Castellanos. It's just like, what are the Reds doing? What, what is, what is the long-term plan? I know they say they're trying to build around young pitching, so they're basically just letting these young pitchers who are still very raw and not quite ready, just kind of throwing them into the fire. They let up seven runs. Who cares? And they just don't have any offense. Jonathan India has been placed on the, on the injured list. 
they're just in a bad spot right now. Hey, but Joey Votto makes really good TikToks. Joey Votto is the goat of TikTok of all. He's my favorite athlete TikToker. Tom Brady. Tom Brady's a Tom good Brady. TikToker yeah, too. Yeah, him and Tom Brady. Tom Brady and Joey Votto make really good TikToks. But I feel bad for Joey Votto. I do. He's in but the he twilight of his. Fun. He's in the twilight of his career. He's got maybe two years left. And he has to spend it in a dumpster fire of a franchise with the Reds. I mean, if I was him, I would ask for a trade. He seems like he enjoys the Reds and he doesn't want to play for anybody else. But it's just it's just unfortunate for him, man. For him yeah. to never have had a deep playoff run in his career. It's just unfortunate. He's one of the better first basemen in the game. Props to him, though. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's loyal. But uh, the Reds are very, very bad. I mean... I'm not sure I've seen a team get off to a worse start than them since the Braves. That's I think that started like 0 and 21 that one year. Oh my god. That gosh. was that was that was that was a miserable year. Miserable year. I remember that. Um, um and then just some recent stuff. Braves took game one of a pivotal series with the Braves. Well, do you want to talk a, even more a, recent? That was a big win, but then today. Um, the Braves almost came back, but fell just short in game one of the doubleheader. I'm not sure who's winning it's game two. Nothing, two, two nothing in the fifth, I'm pretty sure right now. Mets, two nothing or, Mets. Yeah, two okay. nothing Mets. First inning yeah. double by Dom Smith. But we need, the Mets we, ate apart Charlie Morton in the first two innings. The first two innings, yes. Charlie Morton started to figure it out. But here's the thing. I've been a little discouraged by Charlie Morton lately, but looking at his stats, last year through his first five starts, he was he was bad. But then after his fifth start, he had like top five ERA in baseball after that. Yeah. So and it's looked like towards the end of that first game, he started figuring out his mechanics a little bit better. Mm-hmm. So hopefully that's something to build on. Kyle Wright's pitching right now. Three and he's been he's yeah. been our best pitcher on mm-hmm. the team. Um, so anyways, that that that's a pivotal series. It's gonna be an interesting one to watch, which I, yeah, we we have to play four games in three days. And then later on in the season, we have to play five games in four days with the Mets also at city field. It's like, how did we get that draw? Like, I mean, Hey, <laughs> Hey, I mean, I'm, I look, and we talked about this last week, I think, but I'm very, very happy with how the Mets have started out. Their offense, their offense yeah. looks consistent. The, even with like the pitching injuries to DeGrom and then Scherzer early on in the year, Bassett's looked really good. Um, Peterson's looks Taiwan Walker. We just got him back. Um, Scherzer's looked good. Um, Miguel has been really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like what I see from the Mets and show Walter, even though he just got suspended for something weird. He, I got suspended um, for intentionally throwing at Kyle Schwarber. Okay. Well, for Kyle Schwarber. So I don't, I don't really care. Um, I'm starting to really hate the Phillies, man. Uh, uh he plays for the Phillies, right? Yeah. Okay, I, I, I'm starting to really hate the Phillies. But anyway, I, I like what I see from, my, from the Mets, but I'm not getting too excited. We held the lead for a long time last year in the division, and then it fell apart. I just feel like this team is better constructed. Yeah, we just re- got rid of Robinson Cano. Um, that, was, which that, was, that was good. Yeah, we got You're rid of him. still going to have to pay him $40 million, but yeah. that's, that's good. Uh, we're still paying Bobby Vanilla, so I don't care. Like, I mean, that's true. Let's just pay everyone. Um, like, I, at this point, why aren't we still paying Jose Reyes, Juan Castillo, Johan Santana, like R.A. Dickey? Like, let's just pay them all. Pay them all. 
Yeah, pay them all at this point. If it's if way. we have to pay, if we have to pay six people who aren't even playing on our team to win us to win a World Series, fine. <laughs> That's fine. I I agree that you know there's always the worry that the Mets are going to met, but yeah. this year feels a little bit different because last year, while they were in first place for a record 105 days, they also were like the whole year were like just barely floating above 500. They never got more than like three or four games above 500. Yeah. Right now they're sitting at 17 and eight, I think is their record. Yeah. Which yeah. is very good. Um, they have not lost a series yet this year. They are seven and oh. Um, so they have not lost a series yet. So yeah. that's big. Um, you know, in baseball, obviously you can't win every game. So the goal really is not to win every game you play. It's to win every series you play. Yeah. And so sure. to be seven and oh in the series that you play is big. Uh, if the Braves can't win the second game in the doubleheader, it's going to be essential yeah. that they win tomorrow night. Oh, um, yeah. So, yeah, but yeah, and it's not like we've played terrible teams either. I mean, we we have a series win over the Giants. Um, right. we're, we're playing the Braves right now, who record-wise don't look great, but I mean, they're a good team. Obviously, they just won the World Series. Yeah, we have a series win over the Phillies, um, who are a good team. I like the way the Mets are going, but I, like I said, I'm not holding my breath. I do want to talk about the Braves before we get out of here real quick. Um, did you see demerits inside the Parker? I did. I insane. did. Travis demerits. Yeah. Insane inside the park. Home if we're say, if we're talking about the Braves, this wasn't even in my notes, but I, I am a little concerned with the Braves team right now. I understand that last year we did not get above 500 until after the all-star break, but we have played the weakest we have the we have the weakest schedule so far in the league like we have played the easiest schedule so far out of all 30 teams and yet we don't have a winning record that's a little concerning to me we've been lackluster our pitching has been pretty disappointing outside of Kyle Wright um our bullpen has been shaky at times which it was in the beginning of the year last year too my biggest concern is hitting with runners in scoring position. We're a little too much feast or famine. This offense is way too much feast or famine. Um, you know, it's either home run or nothing. Um, and Matt Olson today hit our first three-run homer of the year, which that's big. It wasn't a solo home run. We needed that. But I'm a little concerned. Of course, I can't get too worried because we were in the same position last year and we won the oh World gosh. Series. People were calling for the so, head. Like, the like Yeah everyone's head let's not freak out through. okay um do you did you see the the lineup card today i think marcel or for the second game i think marcel ozuna is playing first uh i didn't see that no but i'm I, i'm excited to see ronald acuna back that that I mean, he's know, in he's he's playing right now he's playing the second he didn't play the first game which i thought he should have you know at least been able to DH. that was that a mistake game. never mind that was a mistake on the on whoever put that lineup card on twitter um, that was a mistake. Marcelo yeah. Zuna is not playing first. Matt Olson is playing first. Yeah. All right. One last thing uh, we can cover with the MLB before we wrap up the show today. Yeah. Should Major League Baseball establish some kind of umpire appeal system? Now, this came in the wake of the thing we talked about last week with Angel Hernandez, uh, Kyle Schwarber, and the Phillies. They, you know, they 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 went public and said that this is. This shouldn't be happening. Um, Joe Girardi said, you know, I understand that umpiring is a hard, hard job and it's very difficult to call walls and strikes. And that's why we should have an automated strike zone. I'm not for robot umps. 
I'm not for that. I don't think that's a good idea. But what's what Justin Verlander proposed on Twitter, I think is a fantastic idea. He proposed instead of robot umps, why don't we do an appeal system similar to how they do it in tennis? So if you've never watched a tennis match, which I know Mitchell has, and I've watched a couple, not very many, but when they hit the ball and it gets, it's, it's like right on the line, a line judge in real time is supposed to determine if it's in or out. And if the player determines, no, I don't, I don't, I think you made the wrong call. They can instantly go to one of those replay things because they have chips in the balls and they can actually determine where the ball landed. And if they're, they'll say, you know, I want to appeal that, that call and they can see if the call the line judge made was correct or not, and they can overturn it. Mm -hmm. So why can't we, why don't we set up in major league baseball an appeal system? We already have a challenge system, but you can't challenge everything. You can't challenge balls and strikes. Yeah. So let's say it's late in the game and there's a controversial strike three call. And we say, I want to appeal that call. And so then another umpire comes in, reviews that. And if that other umpire says, no, that's not right. That's, that was really a ball then that that call gets overturned and then you can challenge again you can appeal again yeah but if they if you say i want to appeal that call the other umpire says no that's the correct call then you would lose any and all ability to appeal again for the rest of the game my my only concern with that is there has to be one regulations and two like limits because the if we're trying to speed up the game of baseball yeah having them appeal balls and strikes every inning is going to extend. That's the the thing. That's the thing with the way tennis does it. When they appeal, it's literally instantaneous. You can see it instantaneously. So, so you want a a game three, it's a three, two count. Yeah. You want a game. He calls a ball. The guy goes, I want that appealed. A computer tells you that the game's over. Literally, all you have to do is look at those little boxes they put on the TV screen. If it's in the strike zone, it's correct. If it's not, not in the strike zone, the call was incorrect. It would literally be an instantaneous call. I feel like there's going to be a, need, a limit on how many you can do. Exactly. The first time you get one wrong, you can't do it again for the rest okay. of the game. That's okay. what Justin Verlander is proposing. Fair. If okay, you miss it once, better. you cannot appeal for the rest of because the game. Because that's not how it is in tennis. Yeah, yeah. In tennis... tennis is a different sport. It's a different game. It's a lot quicker to be able to make those calls in tennis. Mm -hmm. Whereas you could take the same system you would use for robot umpires, which they're testing out in in minor leagues right now. You could use that technology, but then still have an actual home plate umpire. So then when, um, if they appeal the call, they can just then ask the robot umpire if it was a strike or not. And then if it was incorrect, and that way it also holds the umpires accountable because then, you know, you know, we both have jobs. And yes. if I don't do well at my job for several weeks at a time, I will lose my job. Same with you. You sell sod for a living. If you botch sale after sale after sale for two weeks, you're going to get reprimanded and you may even get fired. Why do we not have that with umpires? There needs to be some kind of accountability system where it's like, okay, look, you've been appealed five times last week and all five times it was shown that you were wrong. You need to do better. There needs to be some kind of accountability system to make it. I mean, they do in the NFL, 
if if an, if a referee is not doing well in the NFL, they don't get they don't get the primetime games. Yeah. They don't get the big time games. So we, we need to have a, a better system. I feel like this appeal system uh, would be would be great. Uh, MLB usually drags their feet on stuff like this, so I don't think it would happen. Um, but I think it needs to happen. Yeah, anything to make the game better is 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 for me a good thing. So I feel like that's a good way to wrap it up. Um, yeah. if, unless you have an appeal to keep the show going, <laughs> um, I have an appeal to a lot of viewers. You know, I, I, I don't know if that was the right word, but whatever. I, 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 we want listeners, we want engagement and I, we want you to let us know what sort of punishment or reward for cousin clash that we talked about in the beginning. Um, we want to hear y'all's questions. We want to hear a lot of things. Okay. Keep it going. Um, and look, we're honestly not that far away from college football and NFL season. And this podcast is going to be rolling, baby. It's going to be rolling. So I think we've actually done a really good job keeping content through the dead, through the kind of the dead, dead area. Um, June, July will be our biggest test. Um, I think, but I'm excited and I'm excited for the future of this show. I'm excited for my personal future. I won't get into super detail, but I do have potentially a pretty good opportunity that hopefully by next week I could announce officially, uh, Zach already knows kind of what that happens, but I don't, don't want to talk about it until it's official. Cause then I'll be kind of, that'll make me look bad. If I'm like, Oh, I have this opportunity. Oh, I didn't get it. So anyways, yeah. yeah. Thank you guys for listening once again, every single week, our consistent viewers. We, we thank you. Um, reach, uh, just promote the show. Give us five star, five star reviews, promote the show, subscribe on, um, on Apple podcasts, Spotify podcasts. Um, if you listen to us on anchor, do whatever you do on anchor to, to listen to podcasts, just give us good reviews. Uh, follow us on TikTok. comment on our TikToks. We love y'all a lot. See you next week. Be blessed. Peace. Peace. Thank you for listening to another episode of the official review. Before you go, I just wanted to give you a couple ways that you can stay connected with the show. First is our email, mgzbsportsnetwork at gmail.com. With this email, you can stay connected. Ask us questions that we will answer on the show. Also, if you want to follow us on TikTok under the same name, we post very, very frequently about everything that's happening. And also, if you just want to check Apple Podcasts and Spotify Podcasts Thursday morning at 8 a.m. for every single episode of the official review. Thank you, and we love you. Peace.